0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan, and together with my co-host, Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer.
1: Hello and welcome to Footballistically, Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. Um, Psychic Josh is not with us today; he's otherwise engaged. That's all I'm saying about that. But um, hopefully, he'll reveal all next week. It's nothing bad; it's all good. Um, But we are—I am joined by one of the greatest guests in Footballistically Arsenal history: comedian, writer, actor Tom Rosenthal
2: literally literally none of those at the moment i i have i have very little faith in my ability to uh, hold a conversation to be honest i've not really had one of them for quite a few weeks so <laughs> really this <is> a test. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know I'm, I'm, I'm having quite an isolated lockdown you know one of those kind of very safe of course yeah um but just quite lonely so uh oh, really? forgive me if i just you know start talking to you about all my private feelings that aren't at all to do with arsenal go for it, <laughs> go for it. this is literally oh. just you in your
1: you you at home
2: well, i do have a girlfriend and also i went back i've recently had knee surgery so over christmas i went back home to my parents and just sort of sat on a bed for weeks while they bought me food uh, as my leg sort of healed um uh, but it's not a life you know well, i've not been living a life and i've gone you know, just, just steadily insane, really. So any yeah. sort of normality, like talking about Arsenal, might. Um, oh, good. Might, I just, you know, I hope, I hope that uh, I don't come across as crazy as I feel.
1: <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> you did. You amused me um, earlier today on Twitter by complaining about your um, your uh, Wikipedia profile yeah, photo. Exactly.
2: That is the level that I'm at now. Yeah. I'm, I'm sprawling the internet looking for any trace of me that I can become neurotic and anxious about. My photo on Wikipedia is absolutely horrible. I'm not particularly subconscious person, but I just, I look very greasy and, I look like I've just been crying or something. I don't know why they picked that one. It is and, it is a remarkable photo. Um, the process to upload a photo to Wikipedia is extremely complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just praying that any of my followers could could change it. Apparently they can't and then they've just been uploading stuff like I've just died in Wuhan and stuff and they're not able to help me at all. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, if you anyone listen to this knows how to work Wikipedia, please just change my photo or anything else.
1: Yeah, what it's is. unfortunate. it Has to be said, you are quite sweaty. Right. You like <laughs> a hungover olive with a perm. Yeah, man, I look really greasy. You know, yeah.
2: I look really. Good. What can I say? Uh, Does not matter? What's your, what, have you got a photo on Wikipedia?
1: I haven't. No, I haven't got a Wikipedia page. My um, my um, uh, namesake. There is a there's a history professor called Boyd Hilton, who's like in his like he's quite an old guy in his sixties, seventies, and he's got a Wikipedia page. But and it's a kind of weird amalgam of me and him, as if we're one person. So. <laughs> check oh, right. out what well, the last time i looked anyway it may be uh it may be different now oh yeah he's an esteemed british historian yeah yeah and i'm not um, <laughs> who, who, uh, yeah he used to not. edit heat yeah. <laughs> um, it's very confusing the, have you seen the big new breaking news tonight though tom well, the um, the ask, the, it's Meza ozil who's doing a Q and as we speak, yep. in fact, I'm grateful to you for tearing yourself away from it. Um, it's doing a Q and a on Twitter, which I'm, consider- I'm calling his farewell Q and a, um, cause he may be out of here and he's, he was asked what his, his fav- his best arsenal 11 was. I think yeah. it was that first question. And he picked Ospina in golf.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, boy, look, you know, I'm always defending Mr. Ozil, and the actual question that he was asked was, what is your top arsenal 11? Right? Like, not, not your best. So I think he's just basically picked a bunch of his mates rather mm-hmm. than necessarily picking the, the top 11. Um, my favourite thing about it is obviously picking Surgeon Abri, who was never good for Arsenal, and yeah. it's just that's basically just bantering the club, uh, yeah. saying, Why did you sell that bloke? Um but yeah, I mean he's put Kalasinac at left back, which is clearly not a footballing decision, is it? That's famously yeah. he's he's not in the team for footballing reasons to coin the phrase that we've been hearing quite a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, You're absolutely right. Yeah, because actually helped him out, didn't he, when they were being robbed at yeah, some exactly. point, was it? I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's fair enough. Otherwise he's, um, he has said, this is interesting. He was asked, did you ever enjoy playing for Arsenal? Um, Someone asked him, which was a bit bit harsh. And he says, of course, there've been many ups and downs so far, but all in all, I've never regretted my decision to join Arsenal. And to be honest, the last couple of games before the Corona break in February, March, 2020 made really a lot fun. I've enjoyed that time a lot. I'm not, I'm, I'm just reading them out, reading out. I've enjoyed the yeah. time a lot. And I thought we're really on a very positive way, but after the break, things unfortunately changed ominously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you won't be, you won't be happy to see that when, when he's gone, if he goes to Fenerbahce or, or America or whatever, you'll be, you'll be sad. Will you?
2: I'm getting a Fenerbahce shirt. Without now doubt. <laughs> wearing that to the first game of, uh, back in. back <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's sad about it, aren't they? It's, uh, it's a horrible situation. Um, yeah. And we just gave him a contract that we shouldn't have done, and then Arteta has clearly felt that he's a kind of like, what, a, like a poisonous personality, and sort of is, it depends how much of a conspiracy theory you want to make about the China comments. Um, I personally do like to make a conspiracy theory about <laughs> that. And this yeah, is, yeah. I mean, like, really I... In I, favor I th- 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 okay, so, like, I understand there's like a variety of opinions about Arteta. Um But uh, for me, I, I lost quite a lot of respect for him when he was just clearly lying in interviews, which he has done a little bit recently, especially during our like bad patch yeah. when he started going off on one on the statistics. But also when he was saying that Mesut's not in the team for footballing reasons, it's just a, it's just a lie, um, which is, I think, being proven by the fact that when Anil Smith-Rowe comes into the team and just stands in remotely the same positions that Mesut Ozil stands in, it completely revolutionized the way we play football. Like it, 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 there was clearly something else going on. And I think it's just been, it's been sort of poisonous for everyone. Obviously, Mesut's got this kind of character that is, he's a quite outspoken as well. And it's just, uh, it's just not good for the club having someone who, who can't manage this guy. Now I, I understand there has been like a history of managers that couldn't, couldn't really manage it. once he'd got, and, and even, you know, I was watching Ramsey uh, talking about Wenger used to have to give him loads of extra days off and stuff. And they, 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 he clearly needs moddy coddling. But if you've seen that, uh, Chicago Bulls documentary about the yeah. way in which they treat Dennis Rodman. Like, I think, I think basically if you have a player who, who can help the team, it's down to the manager to be able to kind of manage that team. I think probably Wenger understood that more than Emory and Arteta. Um, but, but so it's, it's, it's kind of a mess. And I think obviously best for the club if Mesut leaves. Um, but I, I and I saw, I almost sort of support both of them in their stance really, because Arteta mm-hmm. clearly has a way of going forward where he thinks he's going to be conducive to a better team atmosphere. Um, and, and Mesut signed the contract, wants to play for the club and, you know, as <laughs> being treated by any stretch of the um, imagination quite, quite poorly. Um, so they're just kind of both quite proud about it. And, and I, I honestly, I just, I love it even more going on Twitter and doing these like sarcastic tweets. I just think this guy's perfect. He's like, he's <laughs> I, I, it's like, it's so funny when he was doing those. Like, he was a social media manager for a bit. It's just great. He was,
1: he was, yeah. When we were losing, he was social media manager. Then when we started to win again, he completely pinned us off. <laughs> yeah. and oh, i stopped- tell you. I'll tell you another reason I'm annoyed about Arteta, right, is that today, or yesterday, in the press
2: conference, they go, are you going to watch Mesut Ozil's Q&A? Yeah. And Arteta went, I've oh, got, yeah. got Twitter. It's like, why the hell have I been following you then, Arteta? i have got 1.5 million followers, mate. You got, you don't even have it. Yeah, so you he Give me some your followers. That. That's an absolute that. disgrace. Yeah, well, to be fair, last week tweeted him yeah. and the FA Cup. He goes a bit quiet when we go a bit shit. Yeah. <laughs> don't but,
1: have Twitter. Come on, mate. Surely, surely though, with, with Ozil, isn't not there isn't there the case that I mean, he, when when Wenger was managing him, and even then, there were times that there were loads of games where he was where he just did not show up. And then, by the time it got through, got through the last few managers, who have all had issues with him. Surely, by the time it then came to, I mean, he was decent. He was all right, wasn't he, when Arteta brought him back for the first in those games? But he wasn't exactly setting the world alight. He's definitely a player in decline, isn't he? I think. yes, I mean, I think. yes. and isn't Emil Smith Rowe? Also, fact it's of- very hard. It's
2: hard Sorry. to make that judgment. We literally haven't watched him play football for a bit. But you'd imagine he's in decline. And yeah, obviously his performances were better at the start of his Arsenal career. But my point is, he, he's just the sort of player that would uh, fill the, the gaps, like playing between the lines, that Emil Smith Rowe is. So the, the fact is, even an Erzul in like massive decline, Erzul with his eyes shut, is better than the players that we had trying to fill that role. Uh, in the first half of the season, I, I just think like, however it's transpired, Arsenal by you know, well not not playing a Smith rowe at the start of this season or by ostracising Özil, just had this horrific run where we could all see we were playing a tactic that was extremely limiting because of the players we had on the pitch, and so we just came this weird sort of wing back crossing to no one because there was nothing going through the middle because we had El Neni and Jacka who who don't who don't have the same. Um, well, they, 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 Xhaka has the passing range, but but Ozil's spatial awareness, which is what Anil uh, uh, Smith-Rowe has, his first touch and his ability to then turn either way, pass either way, pass all directions. We just had no one like that. Yeah. And it completely yeah. ruined Arsenal as an attacking threat. And I just think, what you really hope that it was worth it because Arteta was trying to get this, you know, team atmosphere or trying to get old players to buy in is like, we watched a really and you know the season's essentially kind of gone now because of that first half uh, it's in the league anyway and you just think was it was it worth it maybe, maybe it is in the long run and that's clearly what Arteta was thinking but he's been completely uh, saved, it was
1: a mess. It? yeah he's been completely saved Arteta, hasn't he by Emil smith throw. i mean i don't think you can i think it's hard to overestimate i think that's the right word i'm looking for the extent to which his accidental Situation with him at Smith Road, because remember he only came in the team because Willian was had COVID or wasn't had COVID contact with other people, so wasn't available. I don't think he would have picked him Smith Road for that Chelsea game if it hadn't been for that. And he's completely rescued him, hasn't he? Like the single, almost single-handedly, that moment when he was picked and he played brilliantly in that game, and ever since he's been brilliant. And he came on and kind of rescued us in the cup game. Of the weekend because until the until he came on we were pretty shit we reverted to the shitness that we'd been in the bad period when we lost all those games
2: yeah i mean you, you can't know if he wasn't going to pick him but you're, you're quite right in that he wasn't picking him at the start of the season when he had you know him available and it, it, i suppose he might just not have realized how much of a difference a player that would make i mean i think i don't know i was a massive urgil fan uh and obviously, you know, in in the summer we were looking at buying like were or whatever, however you pronounce it. He clearly recognised the need for a player like that. And then with Party getting injured, it was we were just so like we just had no midfielder who looked like a threat in the final third or something. And um, you'd think maybe he would have turned to ESR a bit earlier. I I, I don't know. I I I actually made money on us. Uh, I put a bit on us to go down <laughs> at <laughs> half time against Burnley. It was so bad. I put 35 pounds. I wow. to go down And then wow. we then lost all these runs. I ended up cashing out for about 150 quid. When we went three and a half against Chelsea. But it was like, that that's how bad, like both me and Paddy power thought Arsenal would playing and you just think,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, that is a bad indication in that period, in that period when we were absolutely terrible. I mean, it was shocking, wasn't it? It, it feels like a different, it feels like a different era to me already. cause, cause, well, although we were reminded of it, I think in in that in that Newcastle game, we were pretty poor, you know, not quite as bad as we were back then. But how against Arteta, were you Arteta out? Were you, had you decided really that you'd rather be gone at that point? Or were you no, being no, patient? I, I,
2: I never thought that simply because, I mean, obviously after Emery, we all, all, all kind of realised we needed a long-term project. Um, Arteta, you know, clearly like a very good coach and he's very like, highly regarded at all, so you sense that the buy-in never went from the players what, what I actually really liked about watching those games when we were terrible was that what you could see is that players were like extremely committed to a tactical system that wasn't working and that's actually quite funny like it was almost like a sort of post-modern kind of football where the goal wasn't to try and score goals it was <laughs> and I, I found it really interesting and like yeah. it was a sort of work of art and then when, when Arteta said something like you know, we had more crosses than them yeah. as if that was the, you, you just think, is this guy taking the piss? <laughs> is it, has he gone mad? But like, he, 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 you know, I think has, he did go mad sort of, for a bit. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's not necessarily bad. He's got that sort of Guardiola-esque like commitment to the tactic, um, which uh, is quite funny to watch when it's going badly. I mean, uh, maybe, maybe not funny for pure Arsenal fans, but it's like a football as a football fan, you're like, this is just really intriguing. Mm. Uh, And the fact is that the players were all doing their jobs and simply with sort of one part of the puzzle that was missing being implemented. Now it's all kind of working almost, you know, perfectly against West Brom. Like that was just absolutely unbelievable. And uh, so, I was never Arteta out. What I do think is quite clear is that they probably shouldn't have made him the manager. I think that was a weird call that everyone at the yeah. time was like, oh, okay then. And it's put an extra responsibility on his shoulders. And it seems to have shouldered us with, you know, the worst player that we have uh, ever bought. <laughs> um, Brilliant. Uh, and, yeah. It's, it, it, uh, there's some, I, I really don't know what, I mean, it, are we allowed to sell him this quick? Is, that, is, there, is there a law against that? Is I it don't like, think there's
1: is, any official law against it. The only thing in the way is I don't think it's ever happened. Does it it would be unprecedented. I don't think they can do it almost like because it's too embarrassing.
2: Yeah. And I think that is something that Arteta has sort of seemingly suffered with and that it is just quite yeah. embarrassing not to blame. But then again, I mean, the Ursa situation is extremely embarrassing, and it, it's just, the only thing is, is that he did, Arteta wasn't the one to say, "I really need Ursa in my team." Yes, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm fascinated to see, like, if if we can. It's, uh, a, it's, it's, uh, a, it's a conundrum, Willian isn't
1: it? For, yeah, with uh, with William, because we're paying him reportedly two hundred and fifty thousand a week. He's he's a big name. He's a famous player. He's a big signing, and apparently, as you say, it was Arteta who wanted him, and he's been an absolute disaster. And so, what can he do? Like, well, he has to play him quite regularly, doesn't he? Like, yeah, still yeah
2: there can... was something quite interesting I read in the Athletic a while ago about um, how a lot of Williams' good contributions for Chelsea came um, on the sort of counter attack. Like, he's a mm. kind of player that is, is sort of um, thrives in transition. And you know, Arsenal, we we don't really play like that. Like, we're much more of a sort of like pass them to death kind of team. And so, without that, like fast counter attacking tactic William just looks a little bit dead because he can't he can't really beat a player uh in the way that he used to and he just seems like such a passenger and it's just bizarre like he's really I don't know he's taking up a space where we could having a, a you know a young player developing or a player that's contributing anything on the pitch yeah. and uh, I just really hope that we can find a place for him where he doesn't suck uh
1: yeah, it's partly he's being played he's be, he's not being played in where he played for Chelsea. Chelsea he was an out on out winger, wasn't he, most of the time, I'm pretty sure. And um, you know, he's no, played man, on the I, other side. Oh, I yeah. just
2: you know, Popping free kicks in for fun, that's all I remember. Yeah. I don't I don't really watch much I mean, football, football in Arsenal, but <laughs> this no, not guy's
1: Right, <laughs> do I? Dead ball delivery. Yeah, he's dead ball delivery. Terrible. His corners and free kicks are diabolical, aren't they? Like people had to go at Pepe for that, but he's a worse. He's absolutely worse. Can I just, did you see what, I don't know if you follow Jeff Arsenal. who's a regular on the podcast. Um, oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeff said today about William. yes, he's underperformed, but cut the guy a bit of slack new club, new surroundings, he's struggling at the moment, but I do believe he'll play his way back into it, it's not his fault the club offered him all that money, that's done, let's him support him rather than bash him, what do you say to that?
2: Yeah, uh, to be honest, I, I mean, I have a rule about never tweeting anything critical about anything, because, you know, as someone who, like, makes TV or, you know, I get a lot of abuse anyway, <laughs> so if yeah. you don't want to be, I don't want to contribute to the negative, like, Twitter sphere, but I did do a tweet about, I was really glad that William was hanging out with someone with COVID or whatever. Like I I, I feel like William's the one person I make the excuse for. I I don't know. I don't know why that is. I just, it seems to have no redeeming features for me. He doesn't seem to put the F in. He seems to not give it. And when he went to Dubai, I suppose that was when I was like, Oh, right. So you don't care. You actually just don't care. So it's, I mean, I, I want to have sympathy with, and I really, I really, obviously everyone wants him to perform well, but I, I just think it's, I'd rather see him sold. I, I'd rather see us or that guy. I think I did a tweet about him saying something dodgy about China. Actually. That's what, that's what I hope. I hope William comes out. Fiercely supporting the uh, Uyghur Muslims. That's what I hope. So we can <laughs> castigate him out of the team.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate what Jeff, Jeff is was trying to say. And in theory, I just think, yeah, it's like, I feel like it's an overused word, but I feel like he has been gaslighting us and that, and that, um, the Dubai trip and just he's ambling around. I mean, just everything. Yeah. It's just infuriating. I think if, if we can't slug off, if we can't slug off, um, William, then who can you slug off? There has to be, you know, you have to be able to, as a supporter, when you're seeing in front of your eyes, this player, as you say, wasting a space, it's like, he's con- mm. it's like, he's, he's sapping. I feel like he saps energy from the team and saps pace. Yeah. And that, that the transformation again, banging on about it. When i Smith row came on, and I mean, he actually was taken off, wasn't he? After that, um, in his second substitution. But still, just, just, it's just unbelievable the difference it makes not having, not having him on the pitch. It's, it's. I'm intrigued as to how Arteta's is going to handle it because Emil Smith really young. So he, you know, I had this thing with Josh last week where I was like, I think Emil Smith Rowe will get more game time for the rest of this season than William. I just think he has to, yeah. doesn't he? But.
2: Well, if, if, if you're looking at yeah the performances in the last month, you definitely say so. I mean, that yeah, we're also being linked with you know Zaha or players who uh, are we still with Zaha? in the sort of yeah I think people are like mentioning which, which would just be like a complete like a replacement for William, almost like already accepting that this guy is is being a failure. Um, and, and, and obviously they're looking at buying another sort of central attacking midfielder, which is the other place where you could possibly put William in. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm really dumbfounded. I can't remember a time when we bought someone to be one of our stars who has just been so uh, anemic, really. And, I, and I'm very curious to see. And the sad thing is, obviously, it's just what everyone talks about. It's kind of another failure of our recruitment. We have this quite inexperienced recruitment team, and there's all these like conspiracy theories that it's all about Kia Jirabchin and, you know, him just getting a payday. And I was to be fair, I was quite scared about that being the case with that um Pablo Mari guy. He looked like yeah. he was just sort of bung deal, right? But then he's actually been incredible the last year. He? Yeah, he's been
1: great, hasn't
2: he? Yeah. Like one of the massive pluses that we seem to have actually got a cheap centre back who I mean, yeah, he did a few things against Newcastle, which were really class. So maybe those conspiracy theories will go away slightly, but I mean, William just, I, I it's just a complete mystery. I just don't know what you do. I, you can't, we can't afford to play them into form. There's just no easy games in the premier league anymore. No, and then no. we, we, we want to win the FA cup. We want to win the Europa league. So uh, w- what do you do? Yeah. What yeah. do you do? Just, I, do? We have to try and sell it.
1: It's, <laughs> it we do, I agree. It's, we, we should, but I don't think they will. I don't think Arteta can face that humiliation. It's such a, it's such a kind of, I think he's going to, I think, he has to play. Emil Smith Rowe has to be. The, 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 we know now, don't we, the best team, which is Saka, Emil Smith Rowe, um, Tierney, you know, the, um, either, you know, Orbamiyang or Martinelli. Martinelli was cruelly injured in the warm up, obviously, as we know. I think Lacazette is now in our best team because when he came on, he made a difference. Mm. That kind of attacking lineup. And unfortunately, it means, I think, that for Pepe, it's an issue for Pepe because I don't think he gets picked in that first team now at all, does he? Like, no, and I don't no, think no, he was good fair. enough.
2: The, you, I mean, <laughs> at least Pepe is like, he looks like a football player. Like, I know. I, oh, I mean, I mean. He's not like 72 million, but like yeah. he's, he, he can beat players. He's an excellent dribbler. Like he's a physical presence. He's like fast. Like he, he's yeah. doing stuff. You think, oh, this person might be good. Yeah. William, and he, honestly, just like you or me standing there doing some stepovers. William also looks a lot better in the first five minutes of the game. And he just looks tired. Like, what? Is, <laughs> no. is he really 32? Is he actually 42? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I also, I think... Quite interesting, you say. You know the best team. I think the one place we don't really know our best team is just our, is our centre midfielders as well. Like yeah. obviously, haven't seen really seen party play. He probably is. I mean, he, he's got to be our best centre midfielder because the rest is sort of quite limited. But then, who do you play alongside him? Well, like, we, Jack, we haven't Jacka, really seen.
1: Do you th- I thought Xhaka, when he came on against Newcastle was excellent. Like that. I mean, I think he'd been pretty good, hadn't he? But then he yeah, really. But
2: the game where party absolutely bossed it against Man United, it was because he was with Elneny. Yeah. I know. So and I and Xhaka, uh, you know. <laughs> I feel, I mean, we had years going on. Um, like. well, has been good in the last three games. And then and then we go, Oh, Jacques was absolutely awful. And he's, he's mad. You know, it's clearly one of his massive weaknesses is sort of like his mentality is just quite bizarre. It's like his strength is his weakness. He's like a kind of Greek fable, isn't he? Really? Like <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he looks great sometimes. And then he just looks insane and he doesn't, doesn't really apologize. He just comes back. I just, I just don't think you could build a team around someone who's like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what where it seems we're going to buy is a new central attacking midfielder, so it doesn't sort of support Emil Smith-Rowe. Uh, and that's quite exciting, really. Because yeah. if we have, like, Smith-Rowe and someone else in that place, then hopefully we won't go back to the start of the season when we literally just couldn't pass through the final third in the yeah. middle of the pitch.
1: I'm slightly worried that they're going to see the Emil, Smith- Emil Smith-Rowe situation and think, oh, we don't have to buy that player now. and You know, even though... Uh, I can't imagine that. Doesn't he get hurt quite a lot, Smith Rowe? Yeah, that's what people have said. But he seems pretty. He seems uh, pretty. solid to me, like a solid, you also, know, well-built young man. Yeah,
2: if we don't, if we're not playing Ozil, then like we. I mean, Ceballos, is. They tried him there. I'd quite like to see maitland Niles in the sort of ten
1: position. Yeah. Same. Yeah. He, yeah.
2: He seems like such a good footballer, and he just got quite underused. Yeah, and like it, it, he has that sort of a uh, calmness uh, on the ball, and that kind of like laconic uh, skill and decision making ability that you just think you need someone. You don't. You, I don't know. I just, I just got quite like to give him a go there. Um, yeah. He didn't really seem to get enough of a go.
1: No. To give. To, I was thinking that to give Arteta some credit, he has now now that he's got Saka on the other on the on the on the, on the playing on the other side, you know, in the kind of Pepe position or yeah. Bamiang on the other side, and you know someone else through the midline, the Lacazette or Martinelli or whoever, and Emile Smith-Rowe behind them. That I feel he, that he has done that. He has like, you know, I mean, now, I, I, Saka is so incredible now, isn't he? I think, like, again, yeah. when he came on in that Newcastle game, just transformative, just everything, the energy goes up massively. Surely, I
2: mean, I, I was thinking, like, if there's ever been a young player who's be, had like as good a decision-making and like technical ability in it. And I could, o- it's only Seth Fabregas in my time watching Arsenal that I could compare in terms of a kid who comes into a team and looks like he's, it, it, he just makes so few mistakes. It's its like, it's yeah. like someone's playing FIFA with what he does. He, he his control and his dribbling and stuff. And then he just seems to pick the right choice so many times. So it doesn't, it doesn't really compute uh, like he's so young. Uh, which again is the own, Fabregas is the only other one I could think of. Really, um, it's just yeah, so rare, and the fact yeah. he's English, uh, it's just it's brilliant.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Seems, and the fact that we, we snapped him up, we got him to sign a new contract—that's a pretty massive. Like I know our recruitment is is is.
2: Yeah, don't you think he's so friendly though? Yeah, he seems like a lovely guy. To us to be like, no, give me another hundred k. I'm
1: just like, he's, yeah. not he's so <laughs> yeah. nice. He's lovely. He's, <laughs> he's got a nice, nice family. family
2: yeah. yeah it's lovely that guy apart from when he tried to claim that goal he meant he did not he did not mean that goal that was complete mistake was like, oh really yeah, you're
1: in that controversial because the life. commentator yeah, he never
2: meant that he never who is it
1: the match the the uh, bbc one commentator was very firm on that as well oh, oh it was um thingy wasn't it the um the pundit on um who was it uh, oh it was danny murphy danny murphy yeah 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 yeah.
2: curious yeah. I
1: curious do. that he claimed it <laughs> Oh, no, i liked it it's funny cheeky um but, but he was uh, always going to claim it, wasn't he? I can't work out who I love more now. Saka, who I, as, for all the reasons you say, seems like such a sweet guy. Incred- Tierney, though, a- absolute hero as well. And playing so brilliantly, like attacking-wise. I know there's yeah, you know, some yeah, question actually, marks.
2: You, you know how you don't like... You don't, I don't like making predictions. Yeah. Uh, but when that West Brom game, uh, when it was like... it was, it was snowing loads. Like before the game started, I tweeted, oh, it's snowing. Give Tierney Man of the Match already. <laughs> And then he goes scores like on the season. Yeah. <laughs> he that, that he Yeah, he seems like a good a good egg, uh, is not he? Nicely To be fair, my favourite player is probably Made the Niles actually just because of his general demeanour. When he scored that penalty against Liverpool in the in the shootout, and it was just like so painfully relaxed. I was like, this guy. He's he's, he doesn't. Give, he does not give a shit. I just yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I he's isn't he? Yeah, 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 very, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I love. But I like t- the Tierney thing's interesting because his whole this whole thing about you know wearing the sh- t-shirt and the and the shorts and not wearing any tights in or Tesco in that, bag. <laughs> yeah in the Tesco bag it's all quite kind of... it's borderline macho isn't it? But I don't think it is. I think it's just like trying it's, to be kind, kind of normal and <laughs> Scottish. He's just Scottish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I, they're just uh, raised in you know
2: these freezing temperatures and it harms them up. Like uh, I'd hate to play football in Scotland. <laughs> it's, it's never warm there. Um, it is never warm. Yeah, I mean, it's classic fullback. That's why they're a country of fullbacks, aren't they, really? Yeah. I don't want to generalise too much about Scotland, but uh, they really are good at producing world class fullbacks.
1: Well, they've got their left backs, scores. even just at the moment, yeah. 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 Um, what do you think? What what do you think of the game, the Newcastle game? Did you think, you know, I mean, I think in the end, like the BBC commentators went on about how boring it was and how what a terrible match it was. I didn't even think it was that bad. I thought, you know, it was better than most of those games we played in when we were on the losing streak in the league. I think,
2: I don't know. I I think you're watching as an Arsenal fan, you just sort of knew what was going to happen. Like, I, I, I do think that before the subs happened, we played very much like we played in that previous period when we had problems that were sort of easily identifiable. And then when our manager identified them, the game completely changed. <laughs> and it's it, what I think is, again, quite interesting about what you right now is there's such a disparity between what is clearly our first team and clearly our second team. And uh, almost any fan, I mean, I appreciate these podcasts are full of fans who think they know what should be done. And, you know, just sort of more on the, the basis
1: on which the podcast built. Uh,
2: but like, I think this this time more than any other time I can think of, like the problems of this team were so obvious and they've been fixed. And now it just it, it, what, our problems have been off the pitch, often on the pitch. Yeah. We haven't had we've had poor recruitment and we have gaps in our squad. We haven't really filled and all this weird stuff. But but the team uh, is now functioning. I think. not, not at all. Like how I tend to watch us to function at the end. I think, I think he envisions an Arsenal team with, as you know, he said it in an interview, like six different players. Like this is only half a team. This we we're not really what he wants us to be, but like you can, you can see the massive progress that we've made. you can see it in that Newcastle game. It was just like, okay, we'll bring on the players. we are going to win it now. And then we just completely changed it. And um, I think there's, there's a real question mark over Aubameyang at the moment. I I mean, to my eye, he seems to just be a yard slower. And that means he he's gone from an eighty million pound player to a sort of thirty million pound player. I really hope it's not that. I, I don't know what else it could be. And him getting a goal against Newcastle, it could be massive. You know, I think uh, it, the thing, <laughs> I suppose some strikers you look at and you go, oh, they're a confidence striker, and they need confidence. I don't really think that's the case with Aubameyang. I think he's always been world class, and I just think that he might not be anymore.
1: Uh, oh, that's quite worrying. Uh, but don't you well, think when, if you look at the chances he's missed, like he he missed. Um, I mean, even against Newcastle, there are a couple of moments when he had like runs on goal, and and his decision making was a bit off. That he, I felt like there were go there were op- there were chances he would have scored. You know, a few months ago, when when it was normal or bad. Yeah. and they didn't but seem to be a pace issue. I felt I felt I think there is a confidence thing. I think even he. I think even yeah, he.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I really hope so, I and mean, only time will tell. I really wish that they released, like the, you know, like every uh, month they do like speed tests at Arsenal, and they do yes. like you know. Yeah. I just, I just love to see that. There was one time, it was like Socrates was the fastest in the club, or something. He was <laughs> yeah, like, right. Yeah. Are you re- serious? Yeah. I, I wonder whether Aubameyang is getting slower because obviously so much of his game is based on that. But you, but you, are, yeah, you're completely right. I mean, I some some chances he used to put away, he had absolutely no right to put away. And if he can just get back to half of that, then he'll, you know, yeah. be a massive asset. But Arteta just can't really drop him, can
1: he? No, no he can't. I I think. And I think I, I, I think, I think that last. goal, I do think that goal, I know it's the ultimate cliche of the, t- you know, he needed that goal. He needed that tap-in goal. But I do think those things yeah. make a huge amount of difference. And, I, you know, I think the fact that we've gone off form him and we've got, and he stumbled upon, as I say, this this kind of attacking lineup yeah. that is working brilliantly. I think, I think that I, I'm now kind of wildly optimistic about the about the rest of the season where, you know, I, a, a month ago I was verging on being our tetra. I, you know, I was like, definitely like he's, I think he's, would think exposed.
2: if, if we lost, if we lost those four games that I was sort of hoping that we'd lose just from my bet, um, he, would <laughs> he would have to get sacked. Right? He would have to get sacked, Right. He would have done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, isn't it? I mean, that is probably the sweetest thing about this season so far is that beating Chelsea has kind of started their utter yes. rot and decline. Yes. And it was us that did it when we were yes, on this beautiful. awful, awful yeah. run. Yeah. And all the Man United fans saying, "Sorry, we lost to this Arsenal team. How did how did they beat us? And we're oh, no. the league, and they are oh, losing no. every single game." So oh, we no. we have chosen some pretty funny games to be good in. Same was just absolutely terrible against Tottenham, but. Uh,
1: and humiliating Big Sam as well in that, in that next game. <laughs> I mean, you know,
2: poor Big Sam what a job. They were so bad. weren't they? I, yeah, the it's t- taking the piss man, that poor right back. I don't know who it was, but yeah, like that is so, that was, that was like you happened in the playground, man. I, I couldn't believe that. Um, it was
1: terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But other good, there's other good news, isn't there? Cause like today, early this morning, um, there was news that Rob Holding is going to sign a new contract. I think Rob Holdings also done really well. Like, you know, he's, He's just solid, isn't he? I think he's a solid, I think he's he's like a, I think he's got a good old-fashioned qualities to him, you know, and he's not the most amazing player, but I do think if him and Mari... That, exactly. We, we, you say, oh,
2: he's an unremarkable defender. Is like, that's good. Yeah, like, that's we, great for us. We've we yeah. had some very remarkably bad defensive yeah. performances where people make, like, Twitter threads of Mustafi's, like, absolute howlers. you like, yeah, yeah Mustafi was good sometimes, but he ought to do this. So can we just have somebody who's, like, average, like, just absolutely average, yeah, and no exactly. one really notices they're there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, Marion Holding, I'm pretty happy when I see them lining up now, to be Same. fair.
1: Yeah. Although, Louise, I thought Louise was, had a really good game against Newcastle. So those those balls he launches over the top, just, those long Yeah,
2: balls. I mean, it is such a privilege to watch him pass, Matt. And that guy is just... I've, well, I've never seen a centre back with that sort of passing range, and it's just really exciting. I mean, yeah, you don't—I I don't really want my defenders to be exciting, if I'm honest. Like, no, I think yeah. you pick like your best eleven. You don't go for the most exciting centre backs; you go for the best defenders. But having said that, I mean, that's why we got him cheap. That's why he played for us. And I just think it, he's lovely to watch, man. Like, some of his some of them's stepping through the middle of the pitch and picking out players is uh, is awesome, really. So. Yeah. But, I mean and I don't know, they were saying that him and William were trying to get Arteta sacked. Do you, know, do you know how true yeah, that was? Yeah, that was a I mean, story at one point, yeah. yeah. Imagine Arteta and I uh,
1: William, <laughs> William, I know yeah. you, Are you serious?
2: I know, I know, it's sick. Isn't <laughs> we'll it? give you two hundred and fifty K for three yeah. years, It'd be completely my decision. <laughs> <laughs> but then you can get me sacked. Yeah, well,
1: i Yeah, what an idea. Yeah. Um <laughs> We'll take a quick break now. We'll, after the break, we'll be back with... And I'm going to force Tom to do some predictions, which he loves, uh, fan to games. And also, I've got more, an update on the mez uh, Twitter Q&A.
2: If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag coolerkingbike cooler.bike e-bikes that are cool AF
1: And we're back from the break um, I'm with uh, the great Tom Rosenthal, we're talking about um, the current answer situation and Mr. Uh, is doing a live Q&A as we speak on Monday uh, at 7.38pm Monday the 11th of January and he's just been asked um, about um, Emil Smith-Rowe your views on Emil Smith Rowe. And he says he made the difference in the last couple couple of games as a number 10, really happy for him. And that he showed that playing with a number 10 can still make sense in today's football.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I sort of agree, really. Uh, I suppose the way in which Meza used to play number 10 is the thing that he's come into criticism for to some extent, which was that when the team had the ball, he didn't really have to get it back. Because I think Emile Smith-Rowe doesn't really subscribe to that mode of playing number 10. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that's basically what I was screaming at the television for the first half of the season. Yeah. Like just, just someone in there who fills those spaces completely opens defenses fences up and it allows the players around them to actually thrive. And I, I swear, you know, if we'd stuck Meza in there, even if he's in decline and he was trying 50%, we wouldn't have had those terrible string of results because we would have actually scored some goals. We've got like the fourth best defense in the league this year, apparently.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: I we just haven't worked as attacking unit, and so yeah. I, I swear, I mean, i whatever, whatever. They don't get on, and it's finished now. But those should have been playing.
1: There was that um, one game, wasn't there? Was there one or two games even when um, William was in the number ten? He kind of tried him in a number ten. It was, um, it was even worse than he was. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I point. quite like that idea. To be honest, it sounded good. Yeah, but
2: <laughs> but <laughs> I think, I think, what, like that position is obviously you need, you need that Bergkamp vision of um understanding where the players are on the pitch with your eyes closed you know it's like it's it's it, it was a revered position you know through the 90s for a reason like it's the most difficult one in terms of it's like a you know chess player who kind of uh, whatever sees moves ahead and literally Burkham talked about it in his book how he would like take snapshots and that's what you see players like fabregas or Ozil. what they do most of the time is they're either moving or looking around you know it's a it's a very very difficult position to play and it's what emil smith Rowe does like he's yeah. always checking out around him and he asks for it and he moves and, and and Williams, just you know, whatever, whatever reason, he spent his life, you know, taking free kicks and trying to beat people and get crosses in. He just,
1: he, he just doesn't have that skill set. No. And, uh, and Miloskith rowes speed of thought is incredible, isn't it? That that that, that contrast is it's unbelievable. Really.
2: Yeah, and it's 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 game changing. It's just really great that we do have him. Yeah. Uh, apparently, weren't playing him at the start of the year.
1: yeah, okay, indeed. In other season. good news, apparently, Party is going to be is going to play some part in the game on Thursday against um against who we play. Yes. That would be... Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: and No, Crystal Palace. <laughs> Crystal Palace uh, on Thursday. Um, I mean, one of the worst parts of the season, I think, when uh, Arteta was sort of shoving him back on the pitch. Yeah. A, got got him injured by allowing him to play. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, <laughs> and then obviously, the back that star player wants to just walk off the pitch when they're the Tottenham are about the score. So it's just, it, I, I mean, I I, I think that was that the, local, wasn't the the desperation at the club as well. And I just think party was desperate to play. They shouldn't have let him play. You know, it's all, it's all led by him. I, whenever, whenever you hear like a physical decision has been led by the player, you just think that's stupid. Like when I tore my crew shirts, I went, I tried to get back on the pitch and then your leg doesn't work. It's just, and I'm just playing for dynamo gobbler. I just want to try and get a goal against some fat bloke from a pub. You know, that every footballer wants to play. Don't listen to them. No. If you yeah. watch that Tottenham documentary as well, you know, every every time, are just like let me play, let me play, let yeah. me play. Like no, sharp. Yeah. You know, you're not a doctor. You don't know anything. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just sit yeah. back down on your bench. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was a real shame. But I mean, I, one thing you would say was good about parties before we <laughs> before we destroyed him. He did look good. He looked
1: really good before we destroyed him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you oh, think yeah. we've done the same with Martinelli? Like, his, his injury pre-game, that's worrying. Although oh. the news today is he yeah. might, it might, m- might be better than we think.
2: Yeah. I watched some doctor uh, on YouTube today. He was analysing one. You see that? He no. Said, uh, <laughs> what, a random the, doctor? It, yeah, a random doctor on YouTube, basically. He watches people get injured and he tells you what's happened to them. That's and he amazing. Said his, his ankle twisted in uh, and the fact that um, he walked off the pitch suggests that it's not uh, a fracture. It, it, it could be ligament damage, but, uh, the fact that he was weight bearing after the game as well, when he was talking to people, suggested it's not like bad ligament damage. So probably be like between two and four weeks at worst is what, is what he said. And he's on YouTube and you know, so he won't know. <laughs> he
1: must know. He <laughs> must be right. <laughs> yeah. They said uh, today in the press conference, um, that he's going to have a scan tomorrow, right? I'm like, why are they, why do they have to wait to give him a scan? Why can't they give him the scan? You know, what's that all about? I don't understand.
2: Oh, that's that
1: It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know I guess. Uh... Maybe there's some Corona
2: regulations. They're very expensive scans. You know, I actually annoyed the latest surgery. I got rid of my health insurance. So, I mean, I don't know why I, do you have health insurance?
1: No, I don't know. No, Yeah, you well, know so
2: I've got, I, I, That's why I, I thought, why the hell would you have health insurance? But then like a month later I had to have knee surgery. So basically maybe they're not getting a scan. It's quite pricey. When they say scan, <laughs> don't, well,
1: no. what do they, they don't mean like x-ray. Well, what's wrong with the no, it? Will, it will be a, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, MRI yeah that's it MRI. yeah oh. um because i've uh, got a broken arm at the moment big i don't know if you machine. know oh i'm sorry that's okay yeah so i had it's yeah i broke my um humor did, did they scan that they no they just x-rayed it relentlessly and maybe they did mri oh, yeah. it when i, mean, I, the when I went is, to a and e that's, that's yeah. just the
2: bone isn't it whereas what they'll be checking for is ligament damage on right the muscle, which okay. is a uh, soft okay. tissue and therefore needs okay. some uh, magnetic whatever
1: right. okay so they're really expensive was your knee a footballing injury
2: Yeah, initially, yeah. So I've torn my cruciate twice playing football, but basically the second reconstruction just failed because they gave me a ligament from a dead guy and and that just sort of rotted away in my knee. Fuck. (laughs)
1: like You're like the Cazorla of... um,
2: Yeah, yeah. What's your team called again? (laughs) Well, they've disbanded. I've been injured for so long they've stopped (laughs) playing. God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You you were the talisman. They can't carry on without you.
2: Absolutely. Exactly,
1: yeah. Uh, But...
2: uh, I think I, I went to the same surgical place that Van Dyke got his surgery done. So I'm on a similar trajectory to him. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, and okay. hopefully we'll get back, get back to the same level.
1: Okay, yeah, I hope so, yeah. What do you think about, uh, that's what I meant to ask, players like Willock, right, who played, and Reese Nelson, yeah. who played against Newcastle. And yeah,
2: we're having have the greatest. In my WhatsApp, really. Right? You, I mean, you've got to get rid of one, maybe two of Willock, Nelson and Ketia. Uh, yeah. I personally I don't so. just don't rate Nelson. I've, I've never seen him do anything in an Arsenal awesome shirt. That no. apart from when you see highlights of the under-23s and he's scoring hat tricks and stuff, like he, 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 he I, I don't, I don't really know what he's exceptional at. I, I think his decision making is seemingly really poor. Yeah. Uh, he's quite fast, quite a good dribbler, but he kind of looks like physically, he just doesn't really seem like he's got anything particularly exceptional. Even like Iwobi, when we had him, he was like. His physical presence was massive, and he beat players. He yeah. make bad decisions, but he just do stuff. Whereas Nelson just seems to fade away. Um, Willock is like clearly remarkable in the amount of ground that he covers, and he actually does have an impact on games. Like, I, I don't really know another Arsenal player I compare him to. He's maybe a bit like Ray Parlour. or whatever. he just like his, his strength in just is is the amount of running he does. And I, well, I know when we played Real Madrid in that preseason friendly, Zidane said he was like the standout player. And I think that there are games where Willock could, you know, the Europa League sometimes he's actually look. Like right, one yeah. of the best players to pitch, but yeah. his decision making is not elite. I don't, I'm not sure his technique is elite, really. No, uh, I agree. And and Ketia, I really just in the best case scenario is that we we sort of mold him into Lacazette, you know, and that, that he can bulk up a little bit and that he can work on his yeah. whole. He'd he
1: to bulk player. up a lot, though, wouldn't he? But I mean, this, he's nothing This of is him.
2: a problem. This is a problem. Like, He's an amazing finisher. Uh, he, he's the sort of player that would work great in an old-style 4-4-2, playing with Niall Quinn or something. Uh, and you just wonder whether there's even a place in a modern Premier League team for a player like that. There wasn't a place from at Leeds. Like, it, yeah. it, they're, they're clearly going for someone up top who's just more physical. And you think most teams are doing that now, really. So... I, I, my, my honest hope for Nketiah is that we just basically get, <laughs> fill him full of meat for two years. He, <laughs> he, he becomes stocky and then yeah. he can play a bit like Lacazette. Like um, yeah. yeah. I, I, personally, yeah, I'd be getting rid of Nelson and I am I quite like Willock and Nketiah personally, but I will say if we could get a really good cent, um, at, you know, number 10 for the money that we could generate by selling Willock and Nelson or Willock and Nketiah, we should definitely do that as well. It's just a
1: Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think... I think I, I'm the same in my WhatsApp group. Like you know, people have, are, are, aren't happy when I when I say I'd, I'd, I'd happily see Niketia and Willett go, in the sense that I think I, I don't I don't see them as being like reg, absolute first team choices for Arsenal for a, quite a long time. I mean, Nketiah kind of was, wasn't he, for for a period? But to what to to, to what great? Oh, if Martinelli's coming back, you know, there's just no comparison, is there? You're going to have Martinelli or Bamiang and Lacazette, I think, ahead of him for quite a while. And I don't, yeah. Willock, well, my thing with Willock is, I don't understand what his, is he a central midfielder? Like he played in the central midfield against he, Newcastle.
2: He, he is a, a 10. I mean, he, yeah, he. he's right. But He's actually, but, a defensively minded 10, which is the kind of player that Arteta seems to love. The kind of player that, you know, if you do follow the footballing reasons narrative is why he will not play Urzel, because Willock covers loads of ground and, and does actually get the ball back quite a lot. And, but is also a goal-scoring threat. Um, the thing that he doesn't have that is, is the thing that Emil Swier and yeah. will have, which is that like s- sixth sense for the game of football and the ability to a have an incredible like touch, so it, it's always secure. But then obviously just see the play and play the ball. He doesn't link play. He he he's sort of like a defensive forward almost, um, which which is definitely useful to have, especially in like big away games against teams when yeah. they're better than us. Like yeah. I, I, I really like Willock as a squad player um, in a way. I mean, Nelson's just a nothing player for me.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And I'd rather have Willock in that I- I- as a backup 10 than William, for example. So any day of the week. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah and yeah. there's other breaking news. Tom. Have you seen the FA Cup draws happened and um, they've, they've done this thing where they do the fourth round and the fifth round both. So we've drawn Southampton or Shrewsbury town away in the, <laughs> in the fourth round draw. So you right. presume that's going to be Southampton who we're playing in like next week, aren't we? So we're playing Newcastle twice and Southampton twice in theory, if that yeah. happens. And then in the fifth round, it's it's going to be um, Chorley or Wolves. If why we beat have them. they done it like this? What, what I know, this? I don't know why they've done it. So it's fucking from, annoying, uh, isn't it? Regulations. Yeah. But in theory, <laughs> we could be playing Chorley in about five weeks time.
2: Uh, well, okay.
1: Cool. Yeah.
2: Well, like- Reaction? My reaction is that you uh, <laughs> offended people from Southampton and and Shrewsbury by, by mispronouncing both of those
1: places. You is it Shrewsbury? Out. What did they well, say? I say?
2: I did a tour show and I called it Shrewsbury, and they were not happy with that. So now I know to call it Shrewsbury.
1: Did I mispronounce Southampton? You, you said Southampton. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
2: I, I mean, I don't. I don't think anyone would be upset at that. From Southampton, no one did it. That's not something they would get annoyed about it. No. You clearly just misspoke. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, well, I'm, I don't know how many listeners we have from Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury, but, please, you know, message in.
1: Let uh, me know. Uh, yeah, apologies in advance. Um, uh, uh, the I big
2: might, oh, I don't know. What the, is there a reaction? It's fine, isn't it? You avoid the big teams. And Southampton are quite good, though, aren't Southampton
1: they? are really good, though. Southampton are really good, yeah. The yeah. way as well playing them and but the big the big tie of the round is man uv liverpool that's the that's um, that's great yeah that's great yeah that's really good
2: um has it said anything else in this breaking news podcast
1: um good good point i think he has yeah he's asked about Wenger. And he just said you know very special total respect for i mean nothing nothing particularly interesting um and then people uh, singing
2: songs about him and him liking it
1: yeah, yeah. that's right yeah. do you, so you think ask he? asking
2: question now <laughs> Come on, have you got? Uh, you know, question. Uh,
1: don't do ask about listen, Erdogan. Whatever you do.
2: Do you listen to footballistically Arsenal? <laughs> Fancy right. coming on? I know Boyd.
1: Brilliant. Well done. Right. See what he, he may not. He may not. Because I said I tweeted slightly snarkily that I wasn't going to join in the Q and A because I've got a British Silenus podcast to listen to. British do you listen to this podcast, his podcast. His new podcast is four hours long. Sorry, sorry. who? Brett Easton Ellis, the author. You know, the author of... Um, oh,
2: sorry. I thought you were saying um, Mesut's got a podcast. I was like, how do I
1: not know no, about this? No. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> I would, I would pay anything for that podcast. He's so enigmatic.
1: <laughs> All he does is trying to sell you merchandise. Very enigmatic, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's got his, his, his coffee shop. His coffee business is called <laughs> The 39 Steps. Why? <laughs> Why is it called that? Q, we were doing jokes on the WhatsApp about, you know, that's 38 steps more than he made in most games he played for that's,
2: us. That's a, that's a bollocks <laughs> narrative. I will not have it. I've fed up <laughs> a
1: podcast and said <laughs> it doesn't run. He runs loads. <laughs> Wait, what Sorry. was his podcast you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Forget it. Brayston Ellis He's <laughs> done a four-hour <laughs> podcast. Um, oh, right. Nothing to do with football, though. All right. It's reached that point. It's reached the point where we should do predictions. So we're playing Crystal Palace on Thursday. Yeah, at home. What do you reckon, Tom? You're an expert. Your 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 betting is what, done very well. Your uh your gambling is. Ju- I'm not encouraging gambling or anything, but. Um,
2: yeah, no. Uh, oh, I don't know. I hate this part. Uh, Arsenal playing Crystal Palace It will be four nil to Crystal Palace. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Shut up! They're a good side. Roy's going to go for the jugular. Ease, easy, Zaha. Zaha, yeah. Okay. Score against us.
1: Okay, 4 no, nil
2: for I'll you. Go, I'll go 4-0 to Palace.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 to us. And then probably, I think we'll have to be back next Tuesday because we play on Monday night as well against Newcastle. A, a, a rematch from the Cup game, Monday night, 8 o'clock. I mean, we have to beat them again, don't we? Uh, surely. Well, uh, you hope so. But I'm going to go 9-0. <laughs> <laughs> I just, they've,
2: got, they've, got, they've got a big result in them. <laughs>
1: Your hatred of the prediction section, Tom, it's the only thing that separates this podcast from the 59 other Arsenal podcasts out there. <laughs> I should go on them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'd be delighted. Um, okay. I'm going to say two, one to us. I think we'll scrape through Tom. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much for and um, watching you going around in your spinny chair, in yeah. your, in your shirt room, football uh-huh. shirt room. It's been a delight. Uh, Listeners, Tom is in a a lovely room with his Arsenal shirts on a rail. Seems to be the only thing in that room. Uh,
2: There's a lot of weird shirts. I've got like a Morocco flag as well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess. What can I say? If if anyone's got any uh, old Arsenal shirts, I will buy them off you. (laughs) (laughs) Final message. I've got like weird names on the back. I've got like a Danielson. Got a Bentner, got a Diaby. Like I'm, I just love to collect the sort of uh, odd shirts that people have bought.
1: The less, so if the anyone's less got, a yeah. Yeah. got a non-legendary shirt, yeah, yeah. Ray, I'll take it. Yeah, um, William, absolutely not. <laughs> that's <laughs> too, too soon. <laughs> that's it. that's the perfect way to end this podcast. Thank you so much, Tom. Um, and uh, we'll be back. Hopefully, Josh will be back. I think next week, next Tuesday, and uh, uh, we'll see you all then. Cheers, bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?